Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with podcast coach and prolific host, Roy Coughlin. Originally from Ireland and living in Poland these days as a podcasting coach with five podcasts to his name. He has four feeds that are in the top 0.5%, while another one called the Crypto Podcast is in the top 1.5%. He has helped people create a podcast and get it into the top 10 of podcasts. He has produced and edited over 1,200 episodes, including over 100 live with top guests. We get into all of this and more. Enjoy. Hi, Roy. Hey, Joe. How's it going? What is going on? How are you today? I'm fantastic. And yourself? I'm excellent. It's great to meet you. I'm very much so looking forward to delving into this world of being the podfather. And um, I want to know first and foremost, where are you where are you located? So I'm currently living in a, a place called Wuch in the center of Poland. I'm here 16 years, but I'm originally from Cork in Ireland. Okay, excellent. I thought I suspected an Irish accent. So what is it, what, what is it like living in Poland to have that shift of coming from Ireland to Poland? It's, it's okay, to be honest. Uh, I mean... I, I find it a lot safer here. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is a few things. I know it is business-wise, I think the Irish would be looking long-term, whereas a lot of the Polish, they're kind of like one deal, good luck, next. They don't kind of look at a long-term vision. Yeah. The drivers, Irish, way more courteous than the yeah. Polish. and But at the same time, you know, they're very welcoming, friendly you know, I I just feel good here. You know, it's, yeah. it's and I, I'd highly recommend people to come here. You know, some uh, beautiful cities and old okay. towns and everything. Yeah. I'd love to get over there. So I, I want to begin our conversation with living through the last three and a half years, getting through a pandemic. How did you get through it, and how did it change you? So as it was kicking in, I was starting my fourth podcast which was kind of originally the main one it was called the awakening and it's for exposing fraud and corruption but with solutions okay so when this happened because i read a lot you know i read about 100 books and i just kind of connected with a lot of people i realized this isn't what they're telling us and started peeling off a few layers and the more layers i peeled off the more i realized Ooh, we're being duped. And I'm saying that in a way that because I know there's families, there's one side believe you should do this, the other side you say and do that. But I was like researching masks, researching everything and realizing everything they're telling us is wrong. And I saw that they were selling the PCRs in 2017, 2018, millions of them. So they knew this was coming. This was all planned. And then they were doing the testing of the PCRs at the wrong cycle, which was like always going to give you a positive. And just through doctors that I've had on, I mean, I had Dr. Peter McCullough a few times. He's been in the Senate exposing all this and just kind of getting people talking about, I call it the jib jab because I don't want to say the word because it's censorship is so bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've realized that even that has been a lie. And my thought process from my younger self would always do what I believed. Yeah, they've got my heart. And it's like, even like you look at uh, polio, basically that was from DDT, a crop that caused that. So it was like a pesticide at the time. And then they used that to create a jab yeah. That which in turn made that spread. And then yeah. like you're just everything. So when you look at 
Has it actually cured anything? I don't believe so. I will never, ever, ever get one again. And right. what's strange is even with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, I was talking about my brother's dog died because they kind of make all animals get these jabs. And he got a, he started bleeding and everything. And within a year, he was dead. And then I saw another friend of mine and he, his dog was getting epilepsy. And he didn't believe it was that. But I was telling him, yeah, well, I know that that can cause that. And as I had Dr. Peter McCullough, he was like, come to think of it, my dog, since we got him jabbed, has been sick all the time. Yeah. So it's like we've been conditioned that we have to do it with the dogs. My dog, you get the stemper when they were young, which is kind of the rain if they get wet and everything. But that was it. My dog lived till he was 16. You rarely see that now. Yeah. 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 I just, my, my dog just passed and she was 14. So yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's weird. My kids have gotten COVID like three times and they've got the vaccination and they keep getting it. It's weird. Everyone I know that's got vaccinated is getting sick all the time. I, I didn't get it yeah. and I didn't get jabbed, you know, and my mother's the same. She didn't get sick. And yeah, I mean, it's wild, man. It's yeah. the whole thing's wild. So let's get into the essence. You obviously are very busy as a podcast coach, but if we were to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day and one of the kids asks you, what do you do for a living? How exactly would you answer them? I, I like I like that question. <laughs> I, I suppose it's like when, when I was telling people at the start about podcasting, people don't even know what podcasting is. So the right. first thing is I would I would actually explain to them what a podcast is. I mean, I'm obviously not going to do it here because the people listening know what a podcast is. But it's like I started in 2018 and I was telling people, hey, give me a review. Give me listen to my podcast. And they were like, What's a podcast? At least you don't have to do that now. Yeah. You know, does, you know, so I think there was a lot created during the lockdown. So that which I think is a good thing because it's like an alternative media. It's like people can kind of listen when they want. So what I would say is you can create something and listen to whatever subject you like when you want. So even if you're cutting the grass, you're earning, you're doing running, whatever, you can double dip. You can listen to a podcast as you're doing these things and educate yourself even a language i'd encourage like if i was taught the third grades you want to learn spanish listen to a podcast absolutely so what did you want to be in the third grade what was your dream to grow up and become i remember i wanted to be an accountant at one stage and another time i wanted to be a doctor and <laughs> but i was always an entrepreneur i was like from nine i was like cutting no about 14 i bought a lawnmower but nine i was going around washing cars and delivering leaflets then at 11, I started getting a newspaper round and I was delivering newspapers around my area with that money, bought a lawnmower, cotton grass. And then when I was around 18, I was buying and selling motorbikes and always mainly. Then I started working for a company, a mechanical contracting company for about 12 years, two companies I worked for. And then back into, you know, working for myself after that. So let's go back to the beginning of your life. You're from Ireland. Talk to me about how these seeds got into you to want to have have podcasts and be a coach and to delve into all these realms that you've kind of talked about that your topics that you're covering how did all this start for you how did it become who you are today so the entrepreneurial journey was always in me so i had met a polish girl in cork and when i was visiting her parents i said okay properties kind of okay i bought a few properties in ireland and bought a few properties and then realized, hey, there's a kind of opportunity here. So set up a company to do the property. And I wasn't planning on moving here. I was kind of like one one week a month to come out. 
So I was getting all the different clients and the relationship broke, but we still kind of kept the business together. She was out here in Poland and I was in Ireland and I'd come out every now and again, maybe bring some clients with me. But then she basically said that she had set up a company and that she sent an email to all the investors saying, I can look after you. And I didn't lost everything because I'd released equity in my property. So it was like, I was kind of forced it, but sometimes good things happen. What happened is the Irish economy tanked. I mean, at one stage in Ireland, they were building 90,000 houses. It went down to 4,000. And most of the tradespeople were moving to Australia, Canada. So the whole thing would have collapsed anyway. So I would have been probably in trouble anyway, because we were doing like, you know, jobs for pharmacies and uh, not pharmacy, pharmaceutical companies and, you know, schools and projects, all that stuff kind of stopped. So it was probably a good thing. So then I built like big, big company here because people wanted their properties fit out. So I said, okay, we can offer that service. Then they wanted this, uh, you know, with all the, you know, that renovated, obviously another thing managed. That's another one. So I became a big business. I had about 14 people at one stage. So I was doing very well. And I had a lot of syndicates and the people that were in the syndicates were big boys. I was like the little fish, you know, but because I was kind of doing everything and I studied construction economics. So I kind of knew what I was doing. And then the crash happened, but it was kind of slowly coming across the pond and they started getting in trouble. And I thought, this is a hiccup. I never thought it was going to be as bad as it was. So I was doing well and I started putting more money into a commercial and they didn't get it right. They lost everything. So then I was trying to talk to the banks before I missed the payment. I said, like, can I have interest only? And they were like, uh, yeah. And, and they never done it. And the minute missed payments, they sent in the bailiffs. And through that, I saw so much corruption because in most countries, when when you a business fails, you kind of go, oh, lost that, but lessons learned, let's start again or let's go. But in Poland, and nobody told me that, the accountants are the, the solicitors, you're personally liable when you're the president. I was the president of a lot of companies. So I was kind of looking when I had all these projects done to be make about 5 million euro. And I was personally liable for 5 million euro. So I basically had to, I had over 100 court cases and just going through that. And I saw the corruption with the bailiffs, like the bailiffs were working with the valuers. They were valuing a property at half what it was worth. And then when they're putting up uh, on the sale for the auction, so it's like 75% for first auction and 50 for the second, they put it up for a second. They have a screenshot of it, but nobody turns up. So then they have their own cronies buying it. In another one with houses, and they bribed the people in the room. I wasn't there. I was told not to go there, but they basically bribed because I had people that were there that I knew. They bribed them in the room so they had somebody else buying it. And when you see that kind of thing and you're personally liable for the excess... But I ended up clearing the decks, but I like I knew this is worldwide. This isn't just in Poland. This is in Ireland. I seen it Ireland, England, and America, so it's probably international. And I know a lot of people unfortunately throwing the towel. And I was like, I don't want you know this needs to be exposed. So I was at an event, and it's like, what's your quest? And at that thing, I said, okay, I want to expose this. So it was originally to kind of write a book and expose it. And there was also brilliant speakers there. And I hated public speaking. Like I. As a child, very shy, you were kind of asking what it was like. <laughs> I mean, like you, you'd be in a classroom, you say third grade, when I was in a class and they're going around the class and you have to stand up. My brain just stopped when I was about five people away. Like it just went into panic mode and even into adulthood and just kind of running construction projects for, you know, the companies I was working for. I was doing very well making loads of money for them. But when it came to the meetings, I was just like, my voice went. I was just, I just, the worst part of the week for me was the meetings. So at that event, it was like, brilliant speakers. And I said, okay, for me to get my message out, I need to be a good speaker. 
And I just yeah. made a decision in my head, come back, join Toastmasters. And there, I'll tell you how shy I was. I came back. I had to bring my friends to hold my hands, like to go to the Toastmasters. <laughs> and I was like, this is brilliant. And they said, we don't have time to do it. And I was too shy to go back. But a new club was formed a few months later. And I said, okay, everyone's going to be new. So I went in, signed up straight away, done a speech the next week. And then I went back, joined the other one, formed my own club, became a coach, became DTM, which is like the top after three years, did open mic uh, TEDx, did an open mic comedy, just done every competition, got into the final of five countries. So it went from one extreme to the other. And it's kind of, it's a lesson for all of us. Stop telling us the story. I'm no good at this, or I can't do this, or this yeah. is who I am. It's like, because yeah. we've told ourselves the story and we think that's our crutch. So now I've realized don't ever do that. It's either you don't like it, but not that you can't do it. You can do anything you want. You just have to decide I'm on a mission to make a change. So I went to another event and the event was, um, it, this, there was people kind of do little things on the side, like in the evening or something. Like that. There was one guy teaching you how to start a podcast. I used to listen to podcasts, but never, and I even thought of it. I'm like, oh, I can do this. So the first one was the speaking because I knew so many people in, in speaking in, uh, in Europe that I said, okay, I, I can start that. So the first one was the speaking. Then the next one was the meditation. Because when I was going through losing everything, I mean, I lost all my houses in Ireland, all my stuff in Poland, but I lost my personal belongings as well. It was like just wiped out. And wow. meditation helped me because it was like a six phase meditation. So one of the things was uh, gratitude. What are you grateful for? Because when you lose everything, you're just thinking in the negative. And it was like, okay, what am I grateful for? So you start thinking in the positive, you know, having a cuddle from your child and things like that. Just and people that have your back. And the, the other one that was really helped was uh, the act of forgiveness. So like there's builders that had done things, you know, they put in invoices for work they didn't do, didn't put in sewage systems and everything, even though I had engineers overseeing it. It was just so much and with all the bailiffs and all that. So I had to try to, okay, I need to forgive them. And it wasn't just a case of, okay, I forgive you. It was like just thinking and thinking and some were easy, some were harder. But how I actually managed to do it is I brought them back to the child. I said, how can people do this that they know they're fraud? And I brought them back to the child. And I said, we have unconditional love for a child. We there's, Everybody will go, oh, when you see a child, it's just, there's just, there's just pure love for a child. So that child was brought up by the wrong people. They could have been alcoholic parent. They could have been abused. They could have been that their parents were so busy that they left them off and they were just hanging around with the wrong people. And when I brought them back to the child, I was able to forgive them, which in turn was forgiveness for me because it's you have the pain when you're actually have anger in you. And once you relieve it, it's you get freedom because they're not thinking about you. And yeah. like by doing that, so I realized how important meditation was. And the ones I was listening to, one disappeared and the other became paid. And like when you lose everything, you're watching every penny. So I said, I want to create meditation that will be always free. And so I, I interview people and they give me different meditations. I've med meditations from one minute to two hours because some people say, I don't have time to meditate. Well, I got one for a minute. And that was kind of the, the, the one for the meditation. So what was your first podcast? What was it like? How, what kind of breakthrough was that for you? It was, it, I, what, what I did is, um, I mean, I got the mic. I, I found out which mic would be better and everything. And the first few ones I was actually doing in my apartment. So they weren't on Zoom, like most of them since then, like are on Zoom. But the first 10 or maybe more were in my apartment. So you'd have to kind of 
I suppose, chilled, chilled the people out because they were nervous. Most people, like, this is their very first podcast and they were kind of, see, kind of make them relax, give them a cup of tea, maybe a piece of cake and just... And then you're watching things as well. Like, so, for example, I remember one person, we were having a great conversation and did the phone off, but it was on vibrate. And it was like, it picked up and I should have just stopped it. Whereas no, I mean, I'd have the earphones and if I'm interviewing someone, like, I pause it and I'd say, hey, there's something going on here. There's a little fan or does, you know, there's some buzzing or something like that. Whereas then... I just didn't have the experience. And if you listen back to your earlier episodes, you kind of cringe, but yeah. that's the learning curve. Because some people, yeah. they procrastinate about doing it and they're going, oh, I'll just wait, i get this right, I'll get this right. And they're constantly trying to make everything perfect. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just start, make your mistakes, you know, because you think you'll have sound, you think you'll have every checklist and next something will happen. And you go, oh, I didn't think of that one. Yeah. And you just, you next time you will, and you just keep improving. And the thing is, once you start as well, you're constantly watching other people. So then you're paying more attention with the interviews and everything. You're going, what are they doing? You're watching people, how they're doing their marketing. Whereas if you're trying to just be the best and trying to make sure, like some people might do 20 versions. I mean, I don't, I just record, go. And yeah. you're, and, and I think people prefer that, the authentic yeah. self. Because uh-huh. you know when somebody, they're trying to be, somebody else and then they make it look like there's no cuts but you can actually see the movement in the chair and everything and i think the best thing is just just do it live well like like we're doing now just a normal conversation and i think people prefer that i do too i actually had a telemarketer guy young kid in his 20s call me one time and he wanted to offer me a big business loan and i said look I, I just have a radio show that's on the web i don't have a whole bunch of employees i got a couple podcast fees i'm not the guy and, and he was asking me what I did and I kind of got into it and he was like, man, I always wanted to do podcasting. And I was like, what's stopping you? He was like, well, I was talking to my girlfriend. I, I need to get a room in my house. I got to get all this equipment. I was like, dude, no, you don't. I said, what you need to do is you need to have a good idea. And then you need to just get a microphone on Amazon. Just get something to start out with, get a headphone, get a, get a couple guests and go just start doing it. By the time I was done with this, I totally reversed the whole thing. This kid thought he was going to get me to nibble on his sales pitch. And instead, I got him so fired up. He was like, I can't believe that I, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going. I said, all right, get off the phone. Go ahead. You know, and it was good. And that's it. I'm so glad you said that because I've been doing this since 2011. And man, it really is all about just starting because the first season of Seinfeld was terrible. I look at those episodes and I'm like, what were you guys doing? But if they didn't keep going, we wouldn't have had one of the most iconic TV shows of all time. You just have to go. You have to get in there. Absolutely. And like, because you taught, you mentioned the lockdown at the start. So I had moved just as it was happening. And I said, okay, I said, I set up this room because it's like four rooms and I said I left this room downstairs for the podcasting and make it nice I'll do this because there was no cars and yeah. as soon as the cars started coming back it was like oh, this isn't great yeah <laughs> so right. I had to go to the middle of the house and, <laughs> and so you know you think you know you go oh this will be great and at the end of the day you don't want to be hearing cars zooming by yeah. as you're doing a podcast you just so you just get get going is the most important that's thing. it that's it get started so who's been a hero for you in your life my mother yeah yeah, yeah, because I grew up in a rough neighborhood and she always had my back. She was always like, no, don't hang around with them. She brought me, like there was three schools that are nearby and we didn't have a car. She brought me to a school that was like a 40-minute walk, like one of the best schools. And 
it made a big difference. Like, cause I think like I went to college, I probably maybe one other person on the street two maybe went to college, you know, it wasn't the place that people would be going to college and just like the people she was telling me not to hang around with, you know, I was obviously a rebel fighting or like in, you know, you know, there's some of them alcoholics and other guys in jail and one drug overdose. So it's like, she knew she she just knew and even in business like there's times i'd get i've done a lot of businesses and she saw i was going not and i was like i know this guy five years she goes i'm telling you not and it she's never wrong she's wow. got that yeah intuition and wow. she just like in other way you know somebody would die for you i know she would die for me yeah yeah you know it's just like just got my back all my life that's beautiful so of all of the guests all of the shows everything you do who would be the dream guest that you would love to sit down with and just have a conversation with? Well, if I'd say the dream guest, it would be uh, Nikola Tesla. But unfortunately, right. the, <laughs> like I've had so many, like I've had David Icke, I've had Mickey Willis. I've had a lot of famous people. And to be honest with you, it's, it's great having these people and it's nice and it's great to have a conversation. But I'll have just as good a conversation with people that nobody knows. And sometimes yeah. they bring brilliant value. Like the speaking podcast, there was a guy that had joined the Toastmasters at 16. You have to be 18 to join Toastmasters. So he'd done it through his dad. He pretended, you know, it was under his dad's name. And he was just, just pushing himself at such an age. And he started getting into beatboxing and everything. And because he was so excited, I got him on the show. It's got more downloads than any of the famous people, you know. So yeah, you know, and some people think you you land the like the David Ikes or any of these people, but they're not sharing it. Like some of them put it on their own platform, but you don't see the thing. But like the the person that hasn't got a massive uh, platform or isn't on a hundred or thousand podcasts, he's delighted to be there and he's sharing it. And when you tag it, he's commenting, he's really happy, and he's sending it to all his friends and. I mean, sometimes, I mean, you've done a lot. It's like, I often say to people, even if I'm coaching them or whatever, it's like, if if the one person hears your message and it makes, they need to hear that, it lands on their lap when they, would you still have the conversation? And I always would. You know, it's like, you think at the start, you're watching the numbers and you're like, I remember the, the speaking podcast, it was like three weeks before I got to 100. And I was like asking everyone, did you listen to it yet? Did you listen to it yet? <laughs> and then I got to a thousand. I remember when with with a few of them going, when I hit a million, it was like, I just kind of went, eh. I know it, it didn't become about the numbers anymore. And it yeah. was like, it's not that I don't track it and I'm watching it and I wanted to grow it all the time and doing that, but it's never about the number. It's just about make sure that you have a decent conversation and that you're helping people. You know, like I talk a lot on health and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, that the message is, is going to benefit people. So fascinating you say that because I think about that with all the podcasts I do. You know, I've interviewed people that have been famous and they're great and I love it. And I love the insights, but there's always the surprise. Like I always kind of go in as, this, as an existentialist. Like I go in with a blank slate. I'm just going in, I'm having a conversation and there's just times where I'm just totally blown away. I'm like, I can't believe I had that conversation. And, you know, maybe a lot of people will listen to it. Maybe a lot of people won't, but it's really about that connection because there's so many fascinating people. But I think the great thing about podcasting now, which I can't believe it's a hip thing. Like I've been doing it th since 2011 and it's kind of blown up during the pandemic. I'm like, you know, they're making movies and TV shows and it's this hip thing. I'm like, when did podcasting become hip? But I think it's really all about it's very therapeutic. I think there's such a divisive way, especially Americans roll, you know, 
politics have us divided, all these other things do, but there's something very warm and comforting about podcasting. People from around the world can come together and just celebrate being human, celebrate the fact that we're on these adventures and these journeys, and we bump into each other for a half hour or so, and we go on our way, and people can celebrate that. And that's what we should be doing as people. That makes sense to me. No, exactly. And I mean, like, there's times you'll have a conversation with somebody that you've never spoke to before, and you'll just click that you could talk for five hours with the person. You know, and sometimes you'll stay in contact and you just kind of build a relationship. And it's yeah. just, it's fantastic. And I mean, like there's times I get a book, I read, you know, I get the guest on and I go, gee, I really enjoy them. Then I'd get the book, then I get them back. But now what I've done is kind of, because I was saying, I'm helping them promote the books. So and now I have it in the form. If you're promoting a book, send me the book. And yeah. it, like, it, even at that, some people, like this, there's one now had sent me the book and it was such a beautiful message inside and it's such lovely wrapping and everything. And it's just kind of, the care of some people as they do it and others they're like i don't really want to send you i want to i'll send you the kindle or sorry a, a pdf yeah i know it's small little things they don't realize what they're reaching but yeah yeah i dig it totally so how did you become the coach when did you say i'm going to cross this threshold of doing it and i'm going to help people really do it well it was kind of i i was doing a lot of speeches about the podcasting because at that stage like I done the um, the Polish one as well. So kind of after the the speaking, the meditation in the Polish, Polish was like five to ten minutes. I was doing that with my ex wife, and it was like I I wanted to improve my Polish, and there was only scripted ones are only in Polish. And I was like, I can't learn like that. I need to know what it's doing. And so what I do is I create a graphic, and the graphic could be at the mechanics, the different things that you talk about. And so I was using my kind of education system, how I learn. And like that's got over two million between the audio and the video. It's been number one in a lot of countries. So like I I kind of realized I've a way of teaching things. Even my son, like you know, I like he's doing he's like he was born in Poland, but he's like his top marks in in English. Even though I didn't have top marks in English when I was in school, it was like <laughs> because it was all a memory kind of system. So yeah. when I was doing all the speeches like helping loads of people started getting started with podcasts and I'd sit down and I'm going to take them through it. And I, I was helping a load. And then it was like, kind of people would reach out to me that, yeah, you might've met him at an event, but never met, really clicked. Oh yeah, you're podcasting. I'm going to start. And you know, I didn't mind at the start, you're helping people, but there's a lot of time to take them through the process. And it was like, you know, somebody wouldn't even buy a dinner or something like that. And I was like, they're not respecting my time. And it was like, so I said, I'm going, I'm going to become a coach. And if somebody wants to do it, I'll tell them, hey, I've got this business. So what I've done is I created like a webinar for those that mightn't have the money because I said, I know what it's like when you don't have anything you want to do it. So I cater for that as well. But there's also, you know, that people can do kind of one-on-one. And it's a case of... Yeah, can you do it yourself? Absolutely. But when, just like yourself, when you go through this, you know what works and what doesn't. You pick up things along the way. People share what, like I've always shared. That's one thing. Like when I meet other podcasts, I'm sharing, no problem. Not everyone's like that. A lot of people, they kind of hold their cards in. But what I found is there is a few that will actually reach out to you straight away. Then because you've helped them so much or you're so open and they go, hey, there's a new platform. There's a new this, there's a new that. And you tend to be ahead of the curve always just by, because you're helping Absolutely. So of all of the things that you've done professionally so far, you've been very busy. What are you the proudest of? Being a father. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it. I, I'm a father too. I get that. I'm I'm in the same boat, battling yeah. the same river. Um, you know, 
the thing about you is that you have all of these different podcasts and voices and you're helping people and people see you in all these different lives, families, friends, listeners, fans, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I'd say just being open, authentic, never trying to pretend, you know, I even get my humor out as well. I think maybe at the start I wasn't, you know, you just kind of held back a little bit. But even now, what you see, you know, I'll throw the joke. If something's on my head, I'll say it, you know, and says, yeah. but I'm always listening. I think the, the Toastmasters help me kind of communicate better because a lot of the times when you're, you know, having a conversation, most people are like thinking, what will I say next? What will I say next? And they can't listen. Whereas I have the ability to deeply listen and, you know, then kind of say something then afterwards or even trigger back from what was said 20 minutes ago. Yeah, for sure. So as someone that's obviously an adventurous sort, if you if we get off the phone, time machine pulls up in front of your house, you can go anywhere in history and see one event in human history. Where are you going? I suppose <laughs> there was uh, the Tartarian Empire. Okay. I'd like to know. Yeah, because it looked like there was harmony before and it was changed. And even like the Great Wall of China apparently is not built in China. It was on the other side. And you just see a lot of the buildings and just what I've kind of, you know, taking off a few layers, you look at all the buildings around the world and they can't build them now. And it's like, just see who was running it, what what life was, so that the time machine would bring me there because then I could come back and <laughs> start replicating it. That is the first time I've got that answer, and I, I guarantee you that will be the only time I will ever get that answer. That is the most unique answer. So let me ask you this. You have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself. You can give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. What advice would you give your young version? Don't ever borrow. Don't ever borrow. And basically, since since I do that, never use the credit card, right? Don't borrow ever. Okay. That's great. That's a great way to, to to wrap it up. Before we do that, if anyone wants to hire you, get your podcasts, learn more about you, reach out to you, where's the best way to do that? Uh, bio.link forward slash podcaster. They'll find all my podcasts as well as my coaching and anything else that I'm doing. Roy, this has been illuminating. Thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you for all your great podcast work and energy. It's been a joy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, and I loved your questions. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. 